0: You to go with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for one simple verse here as we start and talk to you about being transformed by a heavenly perspective. Then verse 18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. Turn to somebody and tell them temporary. And that means subject to change. But what is unseen is eternal. And that means not subject to change. Aren't you glad that the Lord your God does not change? Aren't you glad Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? But that's not the case with this world. It's temporary. When we say the word perspective, it simply means, how do you see things, especially... How do you see them in terms of their significance and their importance? It's the capacity to view things in their true relationships and their true relationship to importance. Do we see things as they really are and how important they are? Or do we see things with a skewed lens? Your perspective is the lens or framework for which you view life and you view the things that are pertaining to life. A heavenly perspective is one that sees things the way God sees them. And how many you know it's very different from the way a lot of people see things today, even in this nation? It's an eternal perspective. An earthly perspective basically is seeing things from how people of the world and the carnality would see things. Every person in this room today has either one of those two perspectives. You either have an earthly perspective or you have an eternal perspective or a heavenly perspective. I think about that scripture Paul gave us in Philippians 3. Philippians 3, starting with verse 17. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I often told you before now, and I tell you again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross, Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Turn to somebody and tell them. Their minds minds are set set on earthly things. things. Say it again. Their minds minds are set set on earthly things. things. Set, fixed, established, in concrete. That's how they live their life. Then he goes on to say, but our citizenship is in? Heaven. Say that boldly. My citizenship citizenship is in heaven. heaven. Come on, say it. My citizenship citizenship is in heaven. heaven. Which means if you're here, you're a pilgrim. (laughs) And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Right there, you see a connection between our perspective and our transformation. Our perspective and God's desire to make us like His Son. Say it one more time. I'm not of this world. I'm I'm just in it. One of the most potent tools to advance your transformation is your perspective. You should be enjoying this life, for example. Listen to what the Bible says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our what? Does that sound like God doesn't want you to have anything? Say it with me. He richly provides everything for my enjoyment. There's no question that's the truth of Scripture. Well, listen to what he says. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19. And I want to just say this to you. If we have a heavenly and eternal perspective, we're transforming. If we have an earthly and carnal perspective, we are conforming. And you and I are not taught to conform to this world. In fact, Paul said to do the opposite. By the renew of the mind, be transformed where? First here, and then, of course, in your life. Now, I'm going to stop right here and say, because what we have to do when we're talking about an ancient Near East text from the Middle East with a, with a Jewish tradition background and training and looking at this nation, if Paul could just be a guest speaker, not that we need another one today, amen, I'm telling you, you are blessed by a lot of nuggets. Blessed. said, I was blessed blessed." by so many nuggets of truth. He will look at you and he will look at others in this town. He will look at Christians throughout this nation and he will call every one of you rich. You may not be rich compared to Elon Musk, but compared to the history of world finance and economics, Despite it all, you're still the most blessed nation in the history of nations. I said you're the most blessed nation in the history of nations. And we benefit from it individually, families, cities, states. We benefit from that collectively. So what's what's it telling us here? It's not, oh yeah, go find some rich man and tell him how it is. Look in the mirror. You live at a level that most of this world can't even fathom. It is completely erroneous and completely inane for a Christian to say that God doesn't care about these things. He doesn't care about material things when He's already done it. You're too late. You're already blessed. I said you're too late. You're already blessed. And you're going to get even more blessed in Jesus' name. And if somebody doesn't like that, well, just ask them. I'll take your part, glory to God. (laughs) It all boils down to this, being that child of God and understanding what real success is. I was just a college student. I was trying to navigate between the call of God and really what I had planned for years to do. And I was going to medicine and a little bit explained to me But there was an individual in this church at the time and uh, he looked at me one day and he said this. He said, success is doing God's will in the earth. Plain and simple. And if you're defining today your life by any other measure than that, you slipped into an earthly perspective. Well, let me encourage you. You can step out of that just like this. You can say like Jesus, here am I. I'm here to do your will. Amen. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. Shout that out. Success is doing God's will in the earth. If you're doing God's will in the earth right now, you are successful. No, I'm a failure. No, what you're doing is looking at other people to define your success when you should be looking to your Father to define success for you. If you're doing the will of God, you're successful. If you're not doing the will of God, get with it. Amen. He's in my knower. And if you'll search in your knower, you know he's coming back soon. I like what Joyce Meyer said. She said, somebody came up to her recently and said, you need to teach the book of Revelation. She said, no, I shouldn't. And they were shocked. She said, I should not. And they said, why not? She said, I don't understand the book of Revelation. She says a thousand theories on the end times. And she goes, I'll share, I'll share you what my theory is. Be ready to go when it comes. (laughs) Turn to somebody and tell them, be ready whenever it comes. It's okay if you're wrong about some of these things in the end time, and you probably are. We're going to tell you something that is real simple. For God so loved the world that he gave. What's simple is preach the gospel, amen, to every creature. Those things aren't confused. Why waste your time on things maybe you don't have clarity about? Should you read the book of Revelation? Yes. The Bible says you're blessed if you do. You should. And there are people like Hilton Sutton is with Jesus today and Perry Stone and others that have great revelation of that and thank God for them. Amen. But what matters is you're doing God's will in the earth, whatever it is. Why? Well, listen to what James says. Your earthly life is nothing more than breath on a window pane. (gasps) And then it's gone. You wake up and there's, you know, fog out there and you can't see through your window and you flip the switch and turn on the defrost, put it on high. How long does it take to get that off of there? As you can see, plainly, not very long. He said it like this in James 4. Yet yeah, you do not know the least thing about what may happen in your life tomorrow, what is secure in your life. You are merely a vapor, like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot. And that is visible for a little while and then vanishes into thin air. James 4.14 from the Amplified. What does that mean? The grass withers, the flowers fail or fall, but the Word of God does what? It abides and stands forever. Everything on this planet decays. Everything. You know, from time to time I'll see these pictures of abandoned places and these great, amazing castles and Buildings and businesses and factories and houses. And maybe one generation took that house over, you know, and then maybe two or three. But it wasn't long before all those people were dead. And there's nothing but empty rooms. And sometimes there, there are beds left in there. Maybe books or toys. You know, I wonder who played with that toil, you know, a hundred years ago. It's gone. It's decaying. That's right. Things in heaven don't decay. They don't fade. They don't spoil. Every building, every church. I'm fascinated by churches that were long ago shuttered and and torn and weathered by the various storms and whatnot that came upon them. And you can see and you wonder what went on in there. Who got saved in there? Who preached there? what, What went on in that building? But it's just a building. You are the household of faith. You are the body of Christ. You are His building. Nations. Decay, empires, families, gravesites, Millions of gravesites with no one to tend them anymore. Darkened by the elements. That's why it tells us to lay up treasures in heaven where things do not rust, decay, or fall apart. In other words, all the things we think that matter in this earth, money, influence, possession, power, success, and fame, What should matter first and foremost in your life is doing the will of God in the earth. All of those things are given for the child of God who seeks him first. Things that matter in heaven, that you're saved. That's what matters in heaven. I said that's what matters in heaven. It matters in heaven that you're saved and that you get there. And number two, it matters that you lead others to Christ and get them too as well. Because you're not taking anything with you. I was watching a video one day and this guy was going down the highway with his pickup truck and a flatbed. My dad, before he died, he said, you know what, does everybody in Kentucky have a pickup truck and a flatbed behind it? (laughs) He goes, I've never seen like this in my entire life. And this guy was going down the highway with a pickup truck and a flatbed and a porta potty. <laughs> can I help you out today? You can't take your garbage to heaven. You take you, and you can take somebody else. Perspective. See with me? Heavenly perspective. I got to get there. And I need to get other people there as well. Solomon, who was once asked by God, you know, what would you like me to do for you? And he said, I want I want wisdom to rule your people. And God said, Well, because you've asked me that, I'm gonna give you the wisdom, but I'm also gonna bless your socks off. I mean, Pastor Art's version, chapter two point one, amen. And it says this of Solomon. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. This man had all the power he could possibly want. Say all the power. He had all the wisdom he could possibly want. Everybody say wisdom. He had all the money he could possibly want. Queen of Sheba, laden down with precious minerals and metals to come. They came from afar. Kingdoms that you wouldn't think would come to hear his wisdom, and they'd bring tribute when they would. He had all the fleshly pleasures he could want. 300 wives and 700 cucumber binds. (laughs) I'm not going to say a lot about this other than we have a program called CR that Solomon could have benefited from. (laughs) I have to tread it very lightly here. All I can tell you is that one wife is plenty. And one husband is plenty. Can I have a better amen than that? Yes, amen. He had all the influence he could ever want. He had all the success he could ever want. And his conclusion is, fear God and keep His commandments. Now, somebody with, with none of these things is still teaching the Word of God. It's true. But when somebody has been given everything and studies it and critiques it and calls it meaningless, meaningless, we can listen to what that man has to say. I'm sure he enjoyed everything that he had. But at the end of the day, here is his conclusion to all of his study, all of his proverbial writings. Fear God. Say it with me. Fear God God. and and keep His commandments. In other words, Solomon is saying, maintain a godly, eternal, heavenly perspective in all of your living. Well, How can you tell if you're doing that right? Uh, I think about it like this. You know, we in this nation, we have FBI agents and CIA agents and the British have MI5 and MI6. Amen. What God has really assigned you and me to be are heavenly agents. And He has put you down here as His ambassadors. And the first thing you should note about an ambassador is an ambassador is not the one that gets to pick where they go. But wherever the ambassador is sent, that ambassador does not go there on their own dime. God pays the bills. God takes care of them. You need a car, there's a car. You need an airplane, there's an airplane. You need a house, there's a house. Whatever is needed. have travel expenses, God takes care of his people. You think he does it less than US government or better than US government? I need you to get a revelation of this. Does God take care of His people? Yes. I said, does He take care of His people? Yes. You're agents of heaven. You've been inserted into this world to make sure not only do you live the heavenly perspective, but you carry out the instructions from the government of heaven, which is to seek and to save them that are lost the things that Kelly mentioned in Luke 4. We're supposed to spread the gospel. We're supposed to tell those that are poor that God is your source and He cares about your needs. We're to tell people that are bound up that God will set them free. We need not just tell people they can be healed of blindness, but watch the blind eyes open. And you know what? You're living in that day in Jesus' name. You're living in the day where the agents of heaven are more fruitful than they have ever been. If you'll keep your eyes on the heavenly perspective. You're part of that. Not just the preachers. That's the mistake. The devil came in and said there were laity and there were clergy. There's no such distinction in Scripture. You're a minister. 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 Turn to your neighbor and say, "You're you're a minister. You're an agent of heaven. Tell them you are an agent of heaven. You don't pick the message. You don't pick the agenda. It has already been picked. And it is. It's preached the good news. The good news is you don't have to be in sin anymore. The good news is you don't have to be powerless anymore. The good news is you don't have to be in confusion anymore. The good news is you don't have to be sick anymore. The good news is you don't have to be broke anymore. The good news is you don't have to be addicted anymore. The good news is God's had a, pur- a plan and a purpose for your life. The good news is He's no respecter of persons. The good news is if He did it for Paul and He did. I got His name right. Hallelujah. He'll do it for you. If you accept it, say, I am am an agent agent of of heaven. That's the right perspective. Well provided for. Amen. Have you ever seen some of our ambassadors in the way they travel? That's right. You fly them over there in a cargo plane. And when they go to the airport for transportation, they get on a moped and go to the embassy. If the American government, with all of its warts, and God help me not to get off on that. (laughs) Let me just say, man, we need a big jar, compound W for the warts on this nation, amen. But if the American government can do that for those that are called and assigned and dispatched, how much more can your Heavenly Father do for you? Brother Art, where am I dispatched? Murray, Kentucky. You're an agent of heaven in Murray, Kentucky. Why am I here? Well, somebody had to go. Huh? Everybody wants to sweep ambassadorships like, you know, ambassador to London. Amen. Ambassador over in Germany. It used to be Canada, but we know that's not true anymore. (laughs) You're an agent of heaven. And you're giving him the message. And you've been given the responsibility. You've been given the resources. Amen. Listen, you've been given the power. You carry the very force and weight and authority of the one that dispatched you. You know, you sit in in my uh, particular perspective in terms of watching churches throughout the years and, and watching what God is doing and sensing what the Spirit of God is saying. If you will just accept that call. We're about to see the greatest harvest of souls we've ever seen in our entire yes. lives. You're about to see more people baptized in the Holy Spirit than you can shake a stick at. Amen. The exception won't be somebody got healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You and I will see healings just flourish. For or Roberts went home to be with Jesus, he was asked, you know, what do you see about the healing ministry? And this is a man who you know, hundreds of thousands of people instantly healed in his ministry. Not sham, but documented by crews that traveled with him and thousands of people. And he said that before he left, healing was coming back big time. He said bigger than it's ever been. Amen. Can you believe that today? Yeah. Come on, say healing. Yeah. It's coming back, it's coming back. Big, time. big time. Well, how's that affected? Well, faith comes by here hearing, hearing by Amen. The word. But it's not just that. It's people who have heard the word going out and being his hands extended. It says the only hands on the sick and they what? They shall recover. That's part of your charge as an ambassador. Amen. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Free the you've received. Freely give. Amen. Come on, and say it's coming back. It's coming back. Big time. Big time. How can you tell if you've accepted this agency from heaven? How can you tell in your own life? Well, just kind of think about a couple of things, sir. First of all, you seek God fervently and consistently. You can't be a good representative and ambassador when you're not hooked up to where the power and the authority is. Amen. You say, how does this work? The Holy Ghost guides you and informs you and tells you what to do and prompts you. And you do it as He tells you, day in and day out. You serve diligently and tirelessly. No one in the body of Christ should ever say, I'm a certain age and I'm retiring. Amen. It's not a time to retire, it's a time to refire. Just read an article the other day, and people have been socialized in this nation to value and this is where that earthly perspective comes in because mean earthly perspective, they've been trained and socialized that the goal is to retire as young as they can. so they can go on you know trips to the Bahamas and eat sushi and all kinds of eternal things like that. 50, 55, 60 because you know everybody's prime when they're about 40. No, according to studies, Your most productive years, number one, will be between 60 and 70, and 70 and 80 is the second. Did you hear what I said? If you have gray hair, you should step right up and praise God right now. Amen. Let me put it this way. If it's under hair color, you should still praise the Lord because your best days are ahead of you. Didn't you hear what I said? 60 to 70. Watch this. 70 to 80. And third was 50 to 60. Why, you're just warming up if you're between 50 and 60. And I am telling you, that devil tells people it's over for you. It's done for you. God doesn't have anything for you. Even people in the world are telling us their best days are ahead of them in their age. And when you reach in beyond your 80s, you're just pure gold. (laughs) Wisdom. I said wisdom. Fountains of wisdom walking around our churches and our families. And they know something because they've been there. Amen. Are you looking forward to it? Well, if you're hot for God and you're in your 20s or 30s, boy, don't you have a future to look forward to if he tarries? Yes. Glory to God. Saying, I'm, I'm an agent of heaven. Of heaven. I've been dispatched by heaven. by heaven. I have a message, I have provision, I have a mandate, I have, a mandate. I, have I have power. People get healed, people get delivered, people get saved, people get renewed. As I reach out. If you've been in this church for a while, you've heard me say this. and This probably now goes back 10, 12 years. I have said this, and I believe it, and I believe it's true to this day. The next great outpouring of the Holy Ghost is not coming from a platform. It's coming from the people. Because here's the, here's the socializing and the mistake that these folks are agents that preach and teach the apostles and the pastors and the evangelists and prophets, you know, those that teach the Word of God. You know, those are the agents. There's the error. There's the lie. You were all deputized. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Okay. And you know what's happening? The body is waking up to that reality. What happened, watch this. What happened in Asbury was not some preacher-led outreach. You know what that is? Hear what the Holy Ghost is saying. That is just a sample. It's just a sample. Kids realize they were heavenly agents. Amen? So how do you maintain this perspective with everything coming at your mind? Everything that's going on? All the white noise? Well... Your message is, should you choose to accept it? (laughs) You can't have heavenly transformation with an earthly mindset and perspective. So these principles will help guide you every single day. You probably should write these down on a card, on a sticky note, put them on your phone, whatever. Fix your eyes on things above. Fix them. He's gonna take care of everything down below. Everything. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, or imagine, He will take care of. But fix your eyes on things above because your gaze affects your transformation. You attract what you gaze at. And that will either propel your transformation or it will block it. The Bible says in Colossians 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, for Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with Him in glory. Focus the tracks. Say it with me. Fix your eyes on things above. Say it again. Fix your eyes on things above. Hallelujah. John had a hand on this. I must decrease, he must increase. Paul said, deliver is Christ. Die is gain. Saying, I'm an agent of heaven, but my fix is on my headquarters. Amen. Number two, incline your ear to his sayings. Why? Because your hearing affects your transformation. What you hear. Mark 4 says, be careful what you hear. Turn to somebody in tell them, be, careful be careful what you hear. What he in Proverbs 22, it says, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my knowledge, for it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Incline literally means that I'm intentionally bending my ear this way and away from that way. You know what I'm doing? I'm bending my ear to the one who dispatches the orders. And I'm bending my ear away from what this world says, what religion says, what tradition says. It's not by accident. It says incline your ear. I'd have you do it, but you'd knock the neighbor in the head. Incline your ear. And when you do that, you're moving towards one message and away from other voices. One translation says, extend your ear. Powerful. Psalm 1, the Bible tells us that we're not supposed to walk with the scoffers. Amen. Hang around the sinners, We're not supposed to be out there being influenced by their counsel. But what are we supposed to be doing? Delight. What? Delighting in the law of the Lord. And on that law, he or she doth meditate day and night. What will happen is you'll be established, you'll be fixed, you'll be fruitful, you'll be well-watered, you'll be prosperous, you'll be successful. By doing what? By making sure that you incline your ear in the right direction. And there's never been more misinformation, more religious tradition, more nonsense, more outright false teaching than we are living in the day we're living in right now. You've got to know what the Word of God says. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, and what'll happen is you will absolutely bend in the direction of the things that you're giving your ear to. I've seen people absolutely go bankrupt spiritually because they got a hold of some piece of you know raw meat that it's spoiled. It was man-made. Amen. Are you here today? Amen. What happens over time in this kind of heat? It doesn't hold up. Why? Because people are adopting what they think is the right message, their message, instead of getting dispatched from God. If you want a clue, listen to what God told Jesus he was supposed to do, and you'll know what your orders are. Number three, watch your mouth. Oh, I knew it was coming to that. Can we just skip that one? No, because your words affect your transformation. Say it with me. My eyes, my ears, my 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 mouth, mouth affect my transformation. Psalm 141 says, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, keep a watch over the door of my lips. Why? James 3 tells us because your mouth steers your direction. We have a lot of people who are technically agents of heaven That's who they are by pedigree. That's who they are by by God's drafting them into His service. And yet, because of their mouth, they're moving in a direction counter to their command and their mandate. Watch what's coming out of your mouth. Keep it on the Word of God. Are you here today? Keep it on the Word of God. Don't contradict the Word of God on anything. If you can't say anything biblical, do what? Two anointed words, duct tape. (laughs) Until you can. And how does that work? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As you see and you fix on heavenly things and you listen to the right voices, face coming, it's building, and it will come out. Sometimes there's a little bit of a delay when you have a consciousness to watch your mouth and then you have that force pushing that right word out of your mouth, amen? Say it out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. This is a room full of agents of heaven. Raise your right hand if you'll accept that mandate. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet and give him a hand clap and praise him for it. Just bless the Lord today.